Amen. Will you stand with me for our uh, responsive reading as we begin this morning? The earth is the Lord's. And all who dwell in it. God is king over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. O Lord, be gracious to us and bless us. And make your face to shine upon us. May your ways be known upon the earth. Your saving power among all Lord of the nations, guide your people by your spirit to go forward in justice and freedom. Give us what outward prosperity may your will may be your will, and above all things, give us faith in you. That our nation may bring joy, may bring may bring glory to your name, and blessing to all peoples, through your Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. won the Tim Hobbs look-alike contest again. He is back in town, um, but did not get back in town until late, late, late Friday night or early, early, early Saturday morning. Um, so he is trying to get his body and his head in the same time zone um, and will be back with us next Sunday. Um, from what I understand, it was a fabulous trip to Italy. Um, happy Independence Day, y'all. Um, it is um, by the blood of those who serve. And I tear up because I have a nephew in the Navy um, who will be redeployed again at the end of the year. Um, but it is the blood of those who have served, thank you, Eddie, um, who give us this ability um, to gather this morning to worship our God as we see fit. Um, to be able to call on his name when we want to, when we need to. 
Um, so it is with great thanks, Eddie, and those of your comrades um, that we celebrate um, this 4th of July Day of Independence. Thank you. Um, if you are a guest among us, we welcome you to Community Baptist Church. Um, we are glad that you are here. There are um, registers at the little red books at the end of each row. If you will um, sign your name to that and give us whatever information you are comfortable giving us so that we can have a, a record of your being here. If you will give us your email address, we will see that you get our um, e-news. It's our newsletter that's put out every Thursday. And um, you can get a copy of that if you will at least give us your email address. Let me draw your attention to the announcements on the back of your worship sheet. Um, for those of, those of you will know that tomorrow morning our youth leave for their um, mission, their youth trip to Panama City. Um, Julie, do you still need some scholarship money? Um, but if, if you still have not given her uh, your plans for scholarship funds for this trip, those are still welcome. There is an adult mission trip planned for the last week of July. If you are interested in going on that, um, you might want to sign up or see Tim when he gets back in the office in the morning. Um, Jerry Neal has got some um, information for us while he is looking at that. Let me draw your attention to that list of meetings over in the uh, lower right-hand corner for the month. If that, um, if you if you fit in there someplace, please make note of that on your calendar. Good morning, everyone. Here I go again. I want to make an announcement. We were planning an activity about a month ago. Mary Dunham, Phyllis McElwain, and myself got together. That's a good group now. And we was thinking about an activity, um, and it sort of went in different avenues. And we finally decided upon an activity that could hopefully benefit the church as well as the community. And we decided on doing it the 1st of August, about the time when kids are going back to school and, you know, parents are back in town. So we decided on <clears throat> having what we call a Summerfest ice cream social. And that would be August 7th. It's on a Sunday. And we would have that from 2 to 4. Now, ice cream, cakes, cookies sound really good. Now, here's the catch. I'm asking anybody that has ice cream makers, please make some homemade ice cream. I like strawberry and banana. <laughs> if you don't have any ice cream makers, donations will be accepted. If you like to bake, bank cookies. I like chocolate chip. Cakes of any kind. And if you don't want to do any of those three, donations will be proudly accepted so that we can further that cause. Now, here's another little catch. We want the community to see what God is doing through this church. I don't know if the community as a whole knows what we do here at Community and what we're involved in. 
So we're going to revert a little bit back to when we were in school. Can you think back that far, some of us? I can, I think. So we're going to set this <clears throat> worship hall and set it up like if it was a little exhibit with tables sitting all around. And we're going to ask that committees, Sunday school, any activity that we are in, we're going to ask that you help promote that. Now, Sunday schools could work together as one. Uh, Upward can have a little booth. You know, just let your imagination run wild. Any, any means that you have to promoting that. Uh, if you want to, if you have a laptop, you want to do a PowerPoint, wonderful. So don't limit yourself. Don't make it too difficult. Just have fun with it. But what this does is bring us, an already tight group, even closer together of working for a particular goal. Showing the community what God is doing through us. Now, what are we going to do for the kids? Well, I don't know what we're going to do for the kids because I like magician. So we're going to have a magician here. Now, that'll be fun too. And there's some other things that we're sort of throwing around. So if we might, I'm going to get with some individuals here, still with some committees, because we're going to need some help to further this along. So don't don't <clears throat> think you're out of the woods yet, okay? Because we will not be able to do it by ourselves. This is a joint effort. So I know there's a lot of people out on vacation now. So please pass the word. And it will be, of course, advertised if you want to in the bulletins. And I'll have Dottie put it in the email letters as well. So if you have any more further questions, by all means, see me, Mary, or Phyllis. We'll try to answer any of all your questions. Uh, so I look forward to it. I think we'll have a lot of fun with it. And uh, everybody have a happy, safe 4th of July. And there again, <clears throat> Mr. Marcy, thank you for what you do. We invite our children up for our children's moment with Nicole Fleming. Um, so let me invite you to meet her up here by this chair. Come on, y'all. Anybody else? See, your own daughter doesn't. Anybody else? Anybody? No? You're the only one. Good thing you stayed in church with me today. Huh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kelsey. I get really nervous to do these things, so bear with me a little bit. Um, I've searched all week trying to figure out what I was going to do today and totally even bypassing the fact that tomorrow's July 4th. And um, I came back to that thought today and said, uh, which I'd already found a lesson, but, you know, I, I wanted to tie it all together with July 4th. And, um, do you know, Jasmine, we talk, we pray a lot, don't we? We pray when we eat. Yeah, we pray for when we go to bed at night and bless everyone. Um, did you know that Jesus died for us? That there are people that, that are fighting for our freedom, but Jesus was the person who 
who fought for our freedom from sin and died on the cross for us, just like people now die for our freedoms. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. Um, did you know that on the penny, this there's a man on the penny called President Lincoln, and he died and was killed because he freed slaves in America. There were people that weren't free, and he helped to free them, and people didn't like that. And he died. But on the penny, did you find a penny this morning? You did? Where did you find the penny? In our room? Did you find a penny in our room? Yeah. And on that penny, it says, in God we trust. Did you know that every one of our coins has in God we trust on it? And I'm just going to tell a little story about that. The story goes that a husband and wife were invited to spend the weekend at the husband's employer's home. And the wife was nervous about the weekend because he was very wealthy with a fine home on the waterway and cars costing more than her house. The first day and evening went well and she was delighted to have this rare glimpse into how the very wealthy live. The husband's employer was quite generous as a host and took them to the finest restaurants. The wife knew she would never have the opportunity to indulge in this kind of extravagance again, so was enjoying herself immensely. As the three of them were about to enter an exclusive restaurant that evening, the boss was walking slightly ahead of her and her husband. He stopped suddenly, looking down on the pavement for a long, silent moment. The wife wondered if she was supposed to pass him. There was nothing on the ground except a single, darkened penny that someone had dropped and a few cigarette butts. Still silent, the man reached down and picked up the penny. He held it up and smiled, then put it in his pocket as if he had found a great treasure. How absurd! What need did this man have for a single penny? Why would he even take the time to stop and pick it up? Throughout dinner, the entire scene nagged at her. Finally, she could stand it no longer. She casually mentioned that her daughter once had a coin collection and asked if the penny he had found had been of some value. A smile crept across the man's face as he reached into his pocket for the penny and held it out for her to see. She had seen many pennies before. What was the point of this? Look at it, he said. Read what it says. She read the words, United States of America. No, not that. Read further. One cent? No, keep reading. In God we trust? Yes. And? And if I trust in God, the name of God is holy, even on a coin. Whenever I find a coin, I see that inscription. It is written on every single United States coin, but we never seem to notice it. God drops a message right in front of me telling me to trust him. Who am I to pass it by? When I see a coin, I pray. I stop to see if my trust is in God at that moment. I pick the coin up as a response to God that I do trust in him. For a short time at least, I cherish it as if it were gold. I think it's God's way of starting a conversation for me. Lucky for me, God is patient and pennies are plentiful. The man knew the power of simple daily Christian object lessons. And I think that we lose sight of that sometimes. I know that I've been one to pass by a penny on the ground just because it's a penny. But I've never really thought that it says to trust God. And every one of our coins say that. And I hope to God that they always say that. Um, nowadays, you never really know. Um, but it kind of reminded me that sometimes we got to look down. Sometimes, don't we, Jazzy? we got to pick up those pennies. You pick up pennies, don't you? And we got to trust God and that he's going to do what's right for us, right? You pick Nanny's pennies up. She gives Nanny pennies to see if she doesn't have to go to work someday. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Get enough of them and we might not, huh? All right. Can you pray with Mama? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we ask that you give us daily reminders of your grace and your love. We thank you for all the things that you've blessed us with. 
and please be with us as we go throughout our week, as we talk to our, our children, as we talk to people on the streets, in the stores, as we see people, let them know that we have your grace and that, that we are a reflection of you. And let us always remember to trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture will be read before the sermon today. So would you please pray with me? Dear Lord, we ask for your blessings today upon those in our service, Lord. Uh, those men and women who are have given their lives for our country, who are um, retired from the service, Lord, and who serve so diligently for our freedom and for their families, Lord. It's not an easy life, and we ask that you bless them. Um, as they are called, we too may be called to service, Lord, and just help us when we hear your call to, to do your will. We tend to want to do the easy. We tend to want to stay in our comfort zone. It's scary and it's difficult to open ourselves to all the possibilities. But we know, Lord, with you all things are possible. Give us strength when we get scared and want to hide from you. We are so blessed, Lord. And just help us to take those blessings and to bless others, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. 
Let us pray. God, we ask your blessings on these tithes and offerings that we gather this morning. May we use them wisely. May that we use them to your honor and glory. Help us to be discerning, O God. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I chose this song because if you listen to the words, it fits me perfectly. you couldn't have picked a more perfect song you couldn't have picked a more perfect song you will open your um, Bibles to Jeremiah 
If you've got your Bibles with you, start at Psalms and go over five more books. (laughs) We are in Jeremiah chapter 29. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconi and the queen mother and the court officials, the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the artisans, the artisans, and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elisa, son of Shephan and Gomorrah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah of Judah sent to Babylon to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. It said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease. But seek the peace and prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For when it's, for when, for in its prosperity, you will find prosperity. This is God's word for you and me. Thanks be to God. Jeremiah, have you been smoking crack? (laughs) Do you know where we are? I can see the Jewish people standing in mass with their mouths hanging open and their eyes glazed over and their anger building. Are you kidding me? The Jewish people had just been taken captive from in Jerusalem and exiled to Babylon. And not just your normal, everyday, you and me kind of Jewish people. They captured kings and prophets and priests. They got skilled laborers and craftsmen. This wasn't even everybody. This was just the first wave of exile but they had all been uprooted from their beloved city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the holy city, the holy sanctuary, their spiritual center, the place where the temple was, the place where God was. The people of God, God's chosen, had been yanked out of their home. Everything they knew was in Jerusalem, their families, their freedom, their faith, all in Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar's army had seized Jerusalem, captured them, and taken them to Babylon. Babylon. Who wants to live in Babylon? A city named Confusion. That pretty well says it all, going from the holy sanctuary to Confusion. They kept thinking that God would surely not just leave them there. 
Soon enough, God would remember that they were God's chosen ones and let them go home. At least that's what the prophet Hananiah had said. He kept telling them that God had told him that it would only be two more years. Two years? Okay, well, we can do two years. No need to unpack or hang the family pictures. No need to have a backyard barbecue and invite the neighbors because we're not going to be here that long. Two years, and then we'll go home. And then comes this letter from Jeremiah. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried in exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too can have sons and daughters. Increase in numbers there. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. What? Jeremiah, that's just craziness. It sounds like that you're, you're sounding like it's going to be a whole lot longer than just two years. Build a house, plant a garden, harvest and do the canning from what we planted, get married and have children, get on match.com and find wives for our sons, allow our daughters to marry those people that are looking for wives, have grandchildren, what? It was bad enough that Jeremiah was telling them to settle in because they were there for the long haul, but then he tells them to work for peace and prosperity in Babylon. What? That just doesn't make any sense, to work for peace and prosperity in Babylon. Not their beloved Jerusalem. Now that would make sense, to work for peace and prosperity in Jerusalem. But Babylon? Jeremiah, have you lost your mind? Do you have any idea of what you're asking? We like Hananiah's message better. No, we are not staying here long enough. We are not going to build a house. We are not planting a garden or doing any of the canning. We are not going to have children here, much less grandchildren. And we are not going to work for Babylon's peace and prosperity. Why should we? They are our captors, not our neighbors. They are our enemies, not our friends. They are them. We are us. No, no, no. Why in the world would God let this happen to God's chosen people? Isn't God supposed to take care of us? Bad things don't happen to good people. This isn't supposed to happen to God's children, right? So why is this happening? What in the world is going on? I mean, literally, what is going on in the world? Who got us in this mess? And who's going to get us out? 
The Jewish people had been captured and taken into Babylon in 597 B.C. And here we are, 2,608 years later, asking those same questions. We may not be in Babylon, thank goodness, considering the city of Babylon was located in our modern-day Iraq, about 55 miles south of Baghdad. But sometimes it feels like we've been taken from our own place of sanctuary and dropped off in a place called confusion. It's hard to watch the news or read the paper for all the stuff going on. I'd rather go back to Jerusalem where things made sense and I felt secure. You remember Jerusalem, our Jerusalem, where our 401ks were alive and well and pumping in the grain. Our Jerusalem, where real estate was a great investment and we could buy and sell at the drop of a hat. In our Jerusalem, we all had jobs. BP Oil Company was providing us with resources from deep under the ocean, and it was safe. Gas prices were about $1.77 a gallon. We bought Christmas presents for everybody. In our Jerusalem, we were the leaders of our own empire. Things were predictable. There was a familiarity to our routine. Jerusalem where we were cared for and cared about, where we were comforted and comfortable, where we were welcomed and everybody knew our name. But here we are in Babylon, our Babylon, where CEOs make deals worth hundreds of millions of dollars and we lose our pensions. In Babylon, where we had a job when we got up this morning, but by lunch, we don't. In Babylon, where private acts are shown live over the internet as a joke, where our young men and senior adults are killed for no reason, where war has become just another word. Here in Babylon, where tragedy begets finger-pointing, and before you know it, we have protesters carrying signs thanking God for dead soldiers outside of military funerals. Babylon, where we don't share, we don't help, we don't trust each other. Well, where is Hannah Knight? We need a prophet who will tell us that it's only going to be two more years. We don't we don't want to be here anymore. We want to go back to the good old days where there was no recession and everybody has a job, where we can trust each other again because I gave you my word, where war was just a card game we taught our children. But here we are in Babylon, and we're in it for the long haul. So what do we do? Well, God has given us our instructions just as God did the Jewish captives in that strange land. First, live in the present. Present. Build a home or buy one. 
go to work, get married, have children. Living in the past only keeps you looking over your shoulders, and sooner or later you're going to trip over something you didn't see coming. But if all we think about is tomorrow, we miss the beauty of today's sunrise or the toothless smile of our kindergartner or the satisfaction of a job well done today. So live today. Enjoy today. Work hard today so that when you lay down to sleep, you will know that today has been well spent. Second, God tells us to seek peace no matter where you are or whom you're with. Seek peace. Work for peace. The Hebrew word for peace used here is shalom. Our word for peace isn't nearly broad enough. The full picture of the translation of shalom includes completeness, wholeness. Health, safety, tranquility, prosperity, rest, and harmony. And, of course, the absence of agitation or discard, discord. Shalom, where in that picture does it tell us the place where shalom is found? Do we have to go back to Jerusalem? Maybe it's at the beach or we go to the city or the wilderness to find shalom. Maybe it's the time when shalom is found. Was it in my childhood when I didn't have all these responsibilities? Or in my young adulthood when work was exciting and promotions came quick and easy? Or maybe shalom will come with my retirement when nobody is there to dictate my schedule. Hmm. Maybe shalom is found in the who of our lives. If I can just find the right spouse or the right friends or the right crowd, then I'll know shalom. Well, when have we ever found wholeness and rest and health when we pursue it just for ourselves? True shalom is found in the working for completeness and safety and prosperity of others. Jesus was trying to get his disciples to understand that just before his crucifixion. Peace I give to you. My peace I give, not as the world gives. I'm sure all of you followed that incredible story of the Chilean miners trapped underground for 69 days. I don't know how they did it. Lived underground with no sunlight, no fresh air, no clean underwear for over two months. At the beginning, they were told that it would be close to Christmas before they would be rescued. From what I saw, they worked for the safety and security of the whole group. In the beginning, they shared their supplies, even when it meant getting only a few bites and a gulp of water every other day. After getting that little camera down, they took turns talking to their families. They all did the work they had been assigned to do. 
after we got the news that the drillers had broken through that final portion of rock into the area where the miners had been holed up, I watched the interviews of those who had been involved in the rescue effort. One man said he kept working 24-7 because if that was me and it was my family standing up there waiting for me, these folks from literally all over the world didn't care that the men trapped down there were not from their hometowns. They didn't care that they probably didn't even speak the same language. They didn't care what their political views were or their faith backgrounds or their tax brackets. When we know shalom, it's about health and safety and tranquility and prosperity for everybody. This rescue wasn't about the people of Chile. It was about 33 men and their families who needed help. Third, trust God to know what he's doing. Trust God to know what he's doing. The Jewish people had been exiled to a foreign land and Jeremiah is trying to tell them that while it not, may not make sense now, God still knows what he's doing. Just a few verses later in this passage, we find these words of assurance. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Ah, that's what we needed to hear. God doesn't just drop us off in Babylon and go to Pebble, Creek, Pebble Beach to play golf. Since before his promise to Abraham, God had a plan. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. God had a plan. Come with me, and I will make you new kinds of fishermen. God had a plan. Take this bread and eat, for this is my body broken for you. Drink from this cup the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God had a plan. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. God had a plan. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? For he is not here. 
He is risen, just as he said, God had a plan. So whether you're in Jerusalem or Babylon, live in the present, work for peace, shalom for everybody, and remember, God has a plan. Amen. As we gather together and we go into this week, may we gather and stand together as a congregation under God's plan as we sing hymn number 319. Oh